0: We're starting a, a brand new series this uh, this the next few weeks that are gonna almost lead us up into into Advent, and so we're excited about that. Um, we've been worshiping together with a core group of us um, since March three, and it's just kind of for us. It's so cool to be here in this moment today to have all of you here to join us, and to have a band that like blew the roof off the place because our very first service was uh Krista who is playing the uh, keys and Lauren who' was playing the guitar period the end <laughs> like that was it so to call our services intimate uh, was uh, was accurate uh, so this feels uh, exciting to just be uh, to have a room uh, full of people and to just be worshiping and praising God together so it is good uh, hey before we get started let me just open with a word of prayer as we uh, open God's word together let's pray Father God, we thank you for your goodness, the life that you give, the life that we can find in you. Um, I oftentimes just feel overwhelmed and a little bit um, unworthy uh, to stand in, in this place and to open up uh, your word and say, this this comes from you. Um, but God, so I just pray that as uh, we've had conversations this week, that as these words come out, that they'll be from you and that anything that is from me will uh, just sort of be forgotten and, and blown away. Um, but God, we thank you for the words that you give us in Scripture, the way that we get to experience you in the world around us. And so God, as now as we just focus on uh, spending this time on you and learning about the, the heart of generosity, I just pray that we can give this time to you. Help us to to sort of take the stuff that we've got going that, on in our heads, and our lives, the things that are swirling, the to-do list, the what are we going to do later today, and we can just set that aside and for a few brief moments uh, focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. So um, people get often a little freaked out and uh, when we talk about generosity. Because uh, they're like, this is, this is going to be like a capital campaign situation. We just came off like uh, a series called New Build. So then that would maybe lead some people to be, okay, we're going to now start something new and we're going to ask for your money. We're not going to do that today. Don't worry about that. But generosity is often, um, we think of financial generosity, right? Um, I've got these wonderful friends in my life that um, I never pay for anything when I'm with them, right? Like I'm going to go on a trip uh, pretty soon. They invited me along and then they just bought my plane ticket. And then when I'm going to be there, they are going to just pay for my food. They're amazing like that. Or or if you ever go out for dinner with somebody and you can never, ever pay up the check, you just can never do it. Those people are just generally, a, they have just this spirit of generosity about them. They Maybe they come from having more and so they want to be able to bless you with that. It's amazing. It makes us feel good. Maybe you're that person. Maybe you're the person that picks up the check or um, that does those things to, to, to give of all the things that you have. Um, some folks I feel like are really generous with hospitality. Like they just have that, right? Maybe it's not a financial thing but it's a you are always welcome in my home. Do you have people like that that you can just sort of show up and you just feel like you're part of the family and you're at home? That's a spirit, I think, of, of generosity as well. But our sort of our head always starts to go to sort of this idea of, of this financial generosity. We, we associate those two words with, with money. Like, okay, this is, a, this is what I'm going to be about. Um, but that's really not what we want to talk about when we're talking about the idea of, of generosity, we want to look deeper at what it means to the very heart of God, that God has been generous with us since the very beginning of time. So now I want you to sort of think about the, one of the most beautiful places you've ever been. You ever been on a really great trip where there was amazing scenic outlook or something like that? Um, maybe it's your favorite place in Michigan, maybe it's your favorite place. Um, that you took on a family vacation just take one like second and just go to that place one of my favorite places um, that I've been to um, with some friends of mine hiking is um, the Grand Tetons now let me tell you this I don't enjoy hiking it that was a that was a poor experience for me Um, but (laughs) the views while we were there were amazing Josh can you throw that first slide up for me Um, This is just one. This is not. I did not take this photo. These are all stolen from the interwebs. So, picture credit: Google Images. But I love this place. Like, does I mean, God? In those kind of moments, don't you feel like He's just showing off? Like, God just can do what He does by His amazing creation, and He just He paints the sky and He makes these mountains, and He's just showing off. From the next one, this is uh, pictured rocks. Have you ever been there? Like, we don't have to go far. You don't have to go to the mountains. Pictured Rocks is amazing. It's this beautiful place, and the rock formations are crazy, and you go in the fall, and that's amazing. And in Michigan, we have another place called the Porcupine Mountains. That's the next one. And you get like these amazing views, right? I want to go to there. Uh, when you think about like people kind of go just to look at leaves and to see uh, the magnificence that is this beauty that of creation that sort of is all around us all the time. And then here we get to experience the changing of the seasons, and I'm—I don't know how you feel about winter, but we, that can also be a beautiful—a uh, beautiful time of year. But but when you think about all the the amount of majesty that God creates, when you look at the night sky, go to the next one for me, Josh. That when you get to see the amazing uh, colors of uh, the Northern Lights, you're like, how in the world? What is happening that we get to sort of view this and see this, and we want to travel to places where we get better views of things, right? If you go to Alaska, you get a better view. Uh, a friend of mine went to Iceland, and she said that's a whole different view and a way to see things. It's amazing. And we have the Milky Way, and God paints these beautiful things for us to enjoy and to see. And so God created the heavens and the earth to be enjoyed. Like he he was generous in his in his. Ideas for us since the very beginning when he created the entire world, that he's entrusted it to us, that he made us in his image and his likeness, and the whole earth declares the glory of God. Sweet, right? Like, this is beautiful things that we get to look at that he created for us. It shows us his generous nature towards us. He perfectly crafted the world, and it sustains human life, and then we, in and of ourselves, he breathed life into us. Like when you read Genesis, it's just this beautiful, amazing picture of the way that God has just poured out his generosity time and time again. Because if you think about just the whole of creation, not just these beautiful things that we see, but some of the stuff that might, to, to our eye, not look beautiful, right? Like the little tiny organisms that we don't see, all goes into this perfect world that God created, right? That rivers, that, that rivers flow into streams and lakes, and, and it, 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 it supports entire habitats. It's crazy, and God considered our delight when he did that. Like God, God wanted to, to make things for us so that in this world we could see him every single where we went. Every place we went, there are fingerprints of God everywhere we go. That is why so many people want to go, right, into nature and experience and they can see God. And some people have confessed to me that I experience God more when I'm in the outdoors than sometimes I ever do at church, right? Do you have moments like that where you have places where you experience God because you just can enjoy the world around him? In 1 Timothy, uh, it says, uh, God commands those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, right? Generosity isn't always about money, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything, I love this part, for our enjoyment. It's just for us. It's just this thing that he gave for us. Everything we enjoy in the life that we live is from God, and he created it absolutely with us in mind. God created everything in in perfect balance. And then, he gave us more gifts. He kept going and he gave us the gift of sight and sound and touch and taste so that we can experience it all with more fullness. We can, we can take in the view of mountains. We can delight in the sound of kids playing. And pretty soon if you listen, you'll hear them because they can only be this quiet for so long. Right? But think about those noises, those, those, those things that you enjoy listening to. A room full of people right, clamoring around uh, the dinner table on, like, Christmas Eve. Whatever those things are, those are the senses that God has given you to experience those things, to enjoy the taste of a really good meal. All of those are God's generosity, his gifts pouring out to us because he is always our source of never-ending pleasure, the psalmist tells us. And then, again, more generosity because then he gave us relationships, he knew that we weren't created to be alone. So when he created Adam, he said, you need, you need somebody. And he created Eve and built us to be in relationship with other people and the world around us. Right? And then in Genesis 3, he gives us his own presence. Right? You remember that part in Genesis? He could hear their, uh, the Adam and Eve could hear their footsteps in the garden, his footsteps in the garden. Now, granted, at that point in time they were in a little bit of trouble because uh, they had just eaten from the tree that he, they were told not to. But, but the fact that they could hear him coming leads me to believe that that was not the first time he showed up in the garden. That he gave them their presence, that his, his very presence to be with them. And even in the midst of our own sin, right, when we did, we, we, the fall of man when, we, when sin really entered the world for the first time, Because we fell for this lie that God was withholding something from us, right? That he had something left that he was choosing not to give us. So God again gave. Out of his generous heart, he gave them discipline. Which is, if you know me, is weird for me to say that word because I sort of am anti-discipline. I don't like that kind of word, but it's a gift that he gives us. His limitless generosity, he gave them forgiveness and made the sacrifice for their shame. God continuing to bless us and to give us things more than we could ask or imagine, even after we had messed up in monumental ways. He says, I have a plan for that. I have a plan for that. Even in your sin, I have a plan for that. And then we know that as we move into the New Testament that Jesus is God's greatest act of generosity. His absolutely greatest act of generosity. God loves us so wholly and ridiculously that his redemption plan, he had a redemption plan for us since day one, right? He made covenants of grace with his people from the very beginning and brought us back to himself every single time we wandered away. And we wander. We, we enjoy wandering. You think that we don't, but we, we, we do. We are, we are There's an old song that we used to sing that we are prone to wander, my mom's like, mm-hmm, "I know that song." That's the way that we bend to. We don't bend naturally towards God, which is a ridiculous thing for us to do. But we bend towards this idea of walking away. And God, in His great generosity, every time He calls us back, because sometimes it's not just wandering. Sometimes we we are outrightly defiant to Him, right? Kind of like you know when you're driving down um, 28th. And this is a crazy busy right here and people pull you over and, or you pull in front of somebody and somebody gives you a very nice hand gesture. You know what I'm talking about? You ever done something to earn you one of those? <laughs> Have you ever been the giver of one of those? No judgment. We do that to God. We do that because we think we know better sometimes. But God has this amazing, generous, patient, ridiculous kind of love for us. We put up the Romans slide, Josh, right here in Romans 5, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That should get you up off your seat. Like, that. that's... That is some good news. That is what we're talking about. That is the love and the generosity, the heart that God has for his people. That he loved us even when, even when we were actively against him, not for him. Sinners, while we hated him, while we were doing things that were displeasing to him, he loved us anyway. If you're a parent in the room, do you have those days where i mean if you were really 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 honest you love them so much but you also maybe want to bury them alive do you ever have that i know that you do because i know people that have said those very words like i love them so much but today i just cannot we we know what that frustration feels like to love someone but to also just want to god doesn't have that with us he loves us patiently in this in this way that is hard to wrap Uh, our brains around. It's hard to have absolute words for that he loved us enough to give his son for Christ to die for us. God is generous in his unconditional, unending, unqualified, unreserved, unlimited, ridiculous. If you remember any word from today, you should just say ridiculous all the time. His love is completely and utterly ridiculous. Amen. I know. It's without question. It's not based on anything that we could ever do, and that's really hard for us to grasp. That's really hard sometimes for the church to grasp, or better yet, church culture. Right? We've been around long enough for some of us to say, or or you've been in churches, right? And and you you know one thing in your head that says I don't have to do anything to earn it. But sometimes doesn't feel that way. Ephesians 2 says it this way. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, not by anything that you can do, so that you can boast and be like, look at me, I'm awesome. Not by that, not by works, so that you can't do that. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. He gave us Jesus out of absolutely no obligation or reluctant frustration out of his great love for us. I think when I was a kid, I had this picture of this God who was a little bit like a parent, like a parent who when they say these words like, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) are there worse things and ways to feel that way? That God looked, in my picture of this moment, it was like God was disappointed, and so he gave us Jesus to fix it. That's not how he works at all. That is not the father that we have. That is not the ridiculously generous heart of God the Father. It is because I love you so much That out of my great love for you, I will send my love down in the form of my son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16, you know it really well. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. That's That's the heart of God. He's more generous than we could ever possibly hope for that we can ever possibly imagine, that we can wrap our brains around because the wages of sin is death. But Christ stepped in and said, I don't think so. No, I'm going to pick up the tab for this. I don't think so. This is not how this story ends. So if we go back to Romans 5 and and read the rest of, of of that section of verses, starting at verse 9, it says, Since we have now been justified by the blood, how much more... It's bolded, I think. That's not in the Bible, but I did that. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? How much more? He loved us enough. He loved us more than enough. He just keeps lavishing his ridiculous gifts of generosity and love on us time and time and time again. The Jews had festivals that they would celebrate to remember the goodness and faithfulness of God, right? Faithfulness is is generosity because it comes from, from his goodness, from his kindness and compassion and his love, overwhelming amounts of love. Extravagant. I love that word. Makes me think of just a super fancy, all the fancy things. Fancy rooms full of fancy things, bedazzling things. Fancy, <laughs> extravagant, ridiculous, Rolls Royce kind of stuff. It sometimes can feel a little embarrassing, right? Because we, we live in a world and for sure in our culture that says, I want to be able to pay you back. I want to be able to pay you back. You've taken me out, I'd like to take you out. My friend and I, we argue over the bill. Constantly, no, 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 Let me, no, 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 no. You did it last time. Let me, and we're constantly trying to make it even. That's that's the world that we live in. That's what we want to do. We want to make it. We want to make it even. But this isn't something that you get to make even. This is a gift that you just receive. This this lavish gift of more and more and more and more. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is of Joseph, because that guy um, was close to God and had a heart that, like, like God's and, and, and was, again, ridiculously generous in the way that he show, showed forgiveness to his brothers. Remember that story, his brothers ditched him and sold him into slavery. That's, that's being bad brothers. <laughs> sold him into slavery and said, but then when he meets him again after time had passed and, and good things had happened to Joseph because God made sure to take care of him, he said, what you intended for harm, God intended for good. God gives with no strings attached. Absolutely no strings attached. You ever have people in your life, right, that when if you get something, there's always a catch? Or like, I'm going um, to give you money, for my example, I'm going to give you money to buy a couch. I'm not going to give you money to buy the couch. I'm going to go shopping with you to buy the couch. How do I respond to that kind of love? Not to pay him back, but, but to become more like him, to be an image bearer of him. People that were brought up in, in a generous household, right? If you have parents like that, you tend to be generous too. You watch that happen. Your parents were that way, so you want to be that way. Or... I see it in my friends all, all the time when they've got their when their as their kids get older. I'm like, how oh, you remind me so much of your mom. I took one of my friends' kids uh, on a mission trip, and uh, she was in like she would be uh, the first one awake, and she'd be making breakfast for everybody, <laughs> right? Like she learned that from her mom, and that's how now she shows love to people. She's like, oh I'm like, I got breakfast. We're not having cereal today. That's what we want to be like. That that we we want to be more like the God that created us in in, in this ridiculously extravagant, generous way, we want to do that. We want to be like him. We want to grow up in that house so that we can in turn be more like our father. Freely you've been given, so freely give. Amen? This church is evidence of, of, of that generosity. It's why we exist in a couple different ways. We exist because this place was built Literally built on generosity. There are people that have, been, have given their time and their money uh, to be here. They've done things for us for free. They've um, donated as part of their, um, their business that has been successful. They said, we want to give you this. We want to do your, all your floors, but we want to do it for a fraction of the cost. That's generous. That's, that's unbelievable generosity. People have been giving their time and their resources why? Why do they do that? Because they believe in, and have received in the, in the extravagant love of Jesus Christ. And they want to be about his kingdom here on earth. That's why we exist. We've decided, we kind of got a group of people, and then a few people more joined, and we want more people to come and to be part of this because we've experienced the extravagant, ridiculous, lavish, never-ending love of Jesus, and we want to be about that. We want to be about that as individuals, we want to talk about what that looks like, but more importantly, most importantly, when we come together, we want to be that as the church because we want to be like our dad, and our dad is generous. So what does that look like to continue to be that kind of place that alive in Granville can seek to be extravagant and generous with our love in the community? The way that we treat people, the way that we love people, the way that we accept people exactly who they are, right now in this moment, you don't have to change in order to be here. That's what we want to be about. So I hope that you all come back next week. We'll plan on it because we're going to spend the next few weeks talking more and more about what it's like to have the very generous heart of God. What does it look like in some practical ways? How can we How can we pray for it? How can we ask for it? How can we reflect it in our personal lives so that when we come here, we do it corporately? We want to have those values because we want to be like our Father. Let's pray. Father, you are so good and your love endures forever. You just keep giving us more and more and more. It sometimes is embarrassing for us because we, we desperately want to pay it back. We want to give you back in, in the same way, in the same level that you've given us, but, but we know that we can't. And so we love coming to places like this, to church, where we can, we can offer up our worship and our praise and our adoration and our thanksgiving for who you are and, and what you do for us in our lives and just for being our God. And when we look around the world, we see you. We see your fingerprints all over this place and this world. We see Jesus in the faces of our family and our friends and the people that we love and care about. And God, there are people today that don't know that extravagant love. That haven't felt it or understood it. And we want to be about sharing it giving it away, lavishly giving it to other people the way that you've given it to us. So I pray, God, for a continued blessing on Alive in Granville, for the people that we know and the people yet, we yet don't know, that as they come in these doors someday or they never enter in, that we will be out in our community demonstrating the love that you have for us. God, we thank you for the, for the ways that you created us, each different, each with a story, but all to glorify you. We are made in your image and your likeness to reflect you, to reflect your glory and your goodness, your mercy and your love. Fill us with that. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing so that everywhere we go, when we go to different places in our world, when we go to work and when we go to the coffee shop, that we will exude you and that we won't be stingy, that we'll always be generous because that's a very heart of God. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen.